patient and see the people around you having more success and less problems and you begin to want to copy them. We begin to want to be like them. We tend to assess our problems mechanically rather than spiritually. We start to look at those things. We think there's something wrong with our techniques and we try to adjust but we don't repent. We make an adjustment in our lives. We don't make a repentance and that's the problem that the church has. tempting to imitate the world, especially when we see the world seeming to prosper in their way as we struggle along the narrow path. The Lord tells us that the narrow path isn't always easy, but does lead to everlasting life and eternal reward in heaven. We're supposed to depend on God, not ourselves. When Israel took matters into their own hands, the best they could do was imitate the pattern they saw modeled out in the world around them, but God wanted them to be different. In today's message, Pastor Mark will warn us not to become more like the world. Don't miss out on God's special and unique plan for you. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 8 with today's edition of Come Alive. If you've ever taken out garbage here, you know what that thing smells like. God's like, you got a problem in the land, the place you're planted, do this, do these things that I ask you to do here in Second Chronicles 7.14. Humble yourself, pray, seek his face, Turn from your wicked ways. And then what's it say? I will hear from heaven. The opposite of that would be if you didn't do it, turn back to 1 Samuel. If you didn't do it, we'll see what happens later on. Because the opposite of that would be God won't hear. See, the land we live in doesn't acknowledge the power of prayer and the power of God. And there is wickedness in the land. And it looks like our land is on a life support system. When I look around and I read the news, I'm like, man, this thing is on a breathing machine. And it it can't even be taken off for a moment. We know what needs to happen. And so, again, uh, this third Friday thing, come and, and let that prayer. I mean, you can pray in your own homes, but man, come corporately and come and pray with us. And pray for your church and your community and your nation and your leaders. And if we call upon the Lord with a submissive spirit and we repent, He promises to heal the land. That's our call. That's what we're called to accomplish. And if we don't do that, then we bring ourselves back right here to 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 7. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I have brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, with which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now therefore heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. So this should be your banner verse. 
and, and verse 7. To all of you faithful people who talk to people about Jesus Christ and they reject what you're saying, this should be your banner verse. Heed the voice of the people and all that they say. You, they have not rejected you. They rejected God. That's our banner verse. That should be the one that we're like, all right, cool. They didn't reject me. They just, they're rejecting my God. They're rejecting Jesus. And so don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. The rewards for sowing and reaping, do you know what those are? Those are the same. They're the same because it's not your responsibility to reap. You and I are to sow. It isn't the work of you. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to do the reaping. And so whenever there is a spiritual decay in the lives of God's people, the people, the church, begins to lose faith. And we start trying to do things the way the world does things. And so here, that's what we see in 1 Samuel. They want a leader like the rest of the world. And the Jewish leaders here had no faith that God could defeat their enemies and protect his people. So they lean on the flesh and they start looking for ways to do things like the world around them. Let me ask you, is that you? When things get rough, do you start looking to yourself to take care of your problems? Coming up and scheming with ways? Well, okay, I've got this amount of time, and I can do this, and I can, well, you know what? We really want to go have that vacation, so we're going to take that money, and i got this job that's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow once again. Yesterday we heard of a guy who had a dad that was 35, and his dad died of a heart attack at the age of 35. This young man is now 35, and he had done some stuff, and he was talking, and a few days later, he had a heart attack. And it goes back to this story that you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You can make all the plans you want, but tomorrow you are not guaranteed another breath. Nowhere does it say that. Nowhere does it say you're going to wake up tomorrow. Oh, we all say, well, we're pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure is not 100%. It's not 100%. So it isn't the work of us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And so people begin to lose faith when they start to see people act and behave badly. And then when they see us relying on our own flesh, they start to lose faith because they're like, well, aren't you a Christian? Aren't you supposed to depend on God? I mean, what are you doing doing things the way I would do things? I mean, I don't even believe in God, and you're doing the same thing I'm doing. What's up with that? And that's what happens. The Jewish leaders here had no faith that God could defeat their enemies. So, do you get impatient and see the people around you having more success and less problems, and you begin to want to copy them? We begin to want to be like them. We tend to assess our problems mechanically rather than spiritually. We start to look at those things. We think there's something wrong with our techniques, and we try to adjust. Oh, we don't repent. We make an adjustment in our lives. We don't make a repentance. And that's the problem that the church has. Christians seem to look for a new gimmick rather than to cry out for a new heart. Oh, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I'm not being... It's like, hey, you know, I can't help your walk. I'm responsible for my walk, not yours. And so if your walk isn't good, if it's dry or dull... And I ask you, are you having quiet times? No. Are you, are, are you truly worshiping? No. When you come to church, are you, are you expecting God to work? No. Well, there's your problem. You, you're not, you don't have expectations. 
Maybe God's really not God to you. Something else is. So repent. Ask him to bring those things in your heart. Those deep-rooted sins, bring them up so you may repent. But we always tend to be more interested in a gimmick rather than crying out for a new heart. Rather than looking to God for help, we're more interested in prescribing what form God's help must take. A lot of times, Lord, this is what I need to do. And I need you to help me do it this way. I've been guilty of that. I've heard myself say it a few weeks ago. I was like, Lord, I just wish you could help me. And I just stopped and I just started laughing. I was like, why? Why? Why Why am I praying that? Because I was focused on me. And so I repented. And then I just kind of stopped and I just sat there and I was like, all right, start over. Lord, forgive me for that. Forgive me for thinking I had some kind of power or some kind of control. I just want to work where you're working and where is that? I just want to do what you want to do. And then I got doing some stuff, and I was like, oh, cool. The day was going great. The phone rang. Somebody had a problem. And I remember it was like, I wonder why they're calling. And so I answered the phone. I hear this problem. I hear this situation. And it was like the Lord just said, hey, here's your opportunity. Pray. Tell this person to pray. So I gave them some verses, and it was a good time. See, we begin trusting methods instead of God. But we're all guilty of it. And sometimes God will give us our request at our own peril, just like we see these people here. Just because God grants us our request, it may not be a sign of his favor, but of our stubbornness. So it's not a sign of his favor. It's more of a sign of us just being stubborn, wanting what we want. And I think sometimes God's greatest kindness is not answering our prayers exactly as we desire. I think he's very kind to us. It goes back to my story about in high school, the beautiful young girl. Oh, I just want to marry her. I can't wait to marry her. And I saw a picture of her on Facebook. I was like, thank you, Jesus, that that did not happen. I mean, sometimes it's the best answer. It's like, no, I'm not going to give you your desire. Yeah, you got married, but that's not the one I have for you. I'm choosing. And when we surrender and we allow him to choose, you'll be amazed at what happens. So our wants and our solutions can be completely reasonable, clearly logical, obviously plausible, and yet completely godless. Completely godless. It can make sense to everybody in the room and still be completely godless. See, you and I, we're cultural Christians. We all have Bibles, right? Everybody's got a Bible, whether it be on your phone or or a a Bible in your hand. We all have cars. We have a place to meet that's got some air conditioning running. And yet, afterwards, we talk about the message. Maybe we rate it. Well, today he was a 6.4. Last week he was a 9.8. week before that he was a 1. But what would happen if that Bible study... What would happen if that Bible study, if this Bible study was in a field and you had no car and persecution gets more severe every time you show up for a Bible study and they took our Bibles away at this one Bible study and so you found a page of it and every one of us brought whatever little portion of a page we had and we had to meet at night with flashlights and candles because they took away the electricity. And so now what? How many of you would be here? How many of you would be here, you know, is the question. If that ever happened, you know what? God would whittle this crowd down, probably, we'd be a little smaller. We'd be a little smaller. 
that that ever happened. And now in America, it's very easy to, to do what you're doing. Uh, we're not persecuted. We have freedom. Uh, we take it for granted that other places, and when I, I don't think sometimes we even think about those other places that have that kind of persecution, that where people are walking three hours to hear a four-hour message so they can walk home for another three hours. And they're grateful and they're appreciated. So here's what happens sometimes. God will give them what they wanted. And it turns out that they wanted a king that they could see. They didn't like the season of faith that God had given them. They wanted a king they could see. God was to be their king, but they couldn't see him. They wanted a king they could see. They wanted a king they could possibly touch. And God says, Samuel, before we give them a visible king, they can touch, that they can dialogue with, do me a favor, warn them, tell them what they should expect. I love my children so much. I know what they want. I don't want to give it to them, but sometimes you just got to let them have it so they can learn a lesson, give it, and warn them. And look at verse 10. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, This will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen. And some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. He will set some to plow his ground, reap his harvest, some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. And he will take the best of your fields your vineyards and your olive groves, and he will give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain of your vintage, and he will give it to his officers and his servants. And he will take your male servants and your female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys, and he will put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep, and you will be his servants. And you will cry out in that day because your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. He warned them, that's what's going to happen. You sure you still want it? And what do they do? They say yes. They still want them. He lays it out. He says, what you're asking for, you're not going to like. It's kind of like reading the tag on a hairdryer. It says, do not use this in the water. And you're like, <laughs> whatever. And you hop in there. See, God is a faithful, loving parent. He says, hey, that's a bad decision. How many of you said that to your kids? Hey, that's a bad decision, but I'm going to go ahead and let you do it so you can learn from it. I don't want you to hurt, but you got to learn. So that's what God says. It's a bad decision, but I'm going to let you do it. But when you fail, I won't hear. I'm going to work it out for good later. It's just like when your kids want something and they're like, oh, no, it didn't work. They're like, too bad, bro. I can't hear it. Not listening. It's biblical. I don't have to hear about your whining. He says, because the bottom of verse 17, I mean the bottom of verse 18, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. You're going to cry, you're going to whine, you're going to kick, you're going to throw a fit, but the Lord will not hear you in that day. But later, I'm going to work it out for good. You'll see, it's going to be a long season. It's going to be a rugged time. You've reaped what you're about to sow. This is what you want. I'll let you have it. God's a faithful, loving parent. God says, I hurt to see you doing what you're doing in the first place. I care. I cared enough to warn you. 
You're going against my will and choosing to do what you want to do. That's going to cause your own destruction. Proverbs 14.12 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to... See, God's a great parent. He's going to let you stay in that decision for a long enough time so that he is sure... So he is sure that you've learned that lesson. Sometimes we're like, oh, I have. He's like, no, 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 no. I can see the end from the beginning. I know what happened. I can, I can rearrange stuff. I know how this is going to play out. I let you out of that, Mark. It's going to be bad. I love you enough to let you go ahead and do this. I love you enough to let you go, but I care. I care. And if you've read this, God allows this bad decision to happen for a few more chapters until they get frustrated and cry out to God. God eventually will say, okay, all right, that was the king you picked. I'm going to choose the next one, the one I want. His name's David. He, he's a man after my own heart. Some of us might be like, but he, he blew it. But yet he was quick to repent. He was very quick to repent. 150 years earlier than this, they did have a king once. He was a bad dude. He wasn't good. He wasn't good for the people. And you know if we seek God on our decisions, I bet you'll spare yourself so much misery. If you just seek him on those decisions that you have to make, so much misery you won't have to go through. Look at verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, no, but we will have a king over us that we also may be like all the nations. Look at that. They want to be just like everyone else. Anyone in here want to be like anyone else? Yes, you do. Want to be like all the nations, that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. And so the Lord said to Samuel, Heed their voice, listen to them, and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, Every man go to his city. Every man go to a city. He says that because he's like, you guys, right now you're so excited. It's going to happen. I just don't want you to pick Mo over here because he's not going to be great. So go to your own cities, leave, and, some, and think about this. And some of the people probably are like, yeah, you know, this is pretty scary. We just heard a warning. Again, we don't like to be different for God's sake. We don't like to be distinct. We would rather blend in. You can't just blend in to change the world. People who blend in don't change the world. It was a passion for Israel to be like the other nations. That's what some of these words describe. It was a passion of theirs to be like the other nations. We need to be up to speed like all the other nations. They got kings. We don't. We got Samuel and his two bad sons. Samuel's old. What's going to happen when Samuel passes? The people refused to listen to Samuel, and it's like they were immune to wisdom. And so we got this thing that I like to call the education lie. Education's good stuff, but sometimes there's this big lie that follows it, and it's this. If we raise enough funds to inform the people of the danger that they will turn, they'll eventually turn from it. And yet we raise enough funds and look at drugs and alcohol, look at abuse. Oh, we've warned them, we've taught them, we've done programs in schools, we've raised enough money, we've educated them. Yet... The lie still continues. You would think it would just take one guy to drink and drive and wipe out a whole family, but people still do it. I mean, think about it. As horrible as that is, you would think, man, if everybody read about that, it would stop, but it doesn't. Why? Because nothing bad is going to happen to me. 
It's the toaster mentality. Well, it happened last time. It won't happen this time. And then somehow the knife winds up in the wall and your arm's tingling and you're just going down to your knees and you're like, gosh, I wonder what just took place. Or maybe one divorce that tears that family apart because of one mom or dad's lust. You would think that after seeing what it does to all involved, the kids that suffer, the wife that cries, the husband that's beat down, whatever, that education would have taken care of that, but it doesn't. Education cannot transform. We can educate ourselves. Samuel educated the people, but it didn't transform them. It didn't transform them at all. Israel hears God's word. They just don't submit to it. We hear God's word every day. Do we submit to it? God gave instruction and said, hey, these people... They're not teachable. They're not teachable. 1 Samuel 8 is our mirror. It reveals who you and I are. It reveals who Israel truly is. How ashamed are you to be different? How resistant are you to any word that does not agree with your opinion? Maybe your opinion is, well, it's not my business to tell somebody about Jesus. That's their business. That's private. That's between them and God. The Bible tells us to do it, yet we don't listen to that wisdom. The greatest judgment God can give us is to let us have our own way. That's the greatest judgment God can give us is to let us have our own way. The Bible says he gave them their own way, but he sent leanness into their own soul. Uh, Maybe you're feeling lean today. Maybe you're feeling like your spiritual walk isn't even a walk. It's barely a crawl. Or maybe it's just at a complete stop. Maybe you haven't heeded the word of God. Maybe you haven't listened to the instruction. God permits it. He permits a king, but he doesn't approve of it. I'm going to allow this to happen so you can learn a lesson. But There's no other way for you to learn it because you're blinded by selfishness. Or maybe you're blinded by fear. Or maybe you're blinded by some type of anxiety. So, I mean, you have to think about it. We've been given a gift to measure our lives by. His name's Jesus. He was our example how to do all things well, how to resist the temptation of the day, how to pray, how to communicate with God. He even went so far as to die for you and I on a cross so we can have a life that exalts God and further separates us from being like the world. But yet we tend to run back to want to be just a little bit like the world. It's okay. It's not going to hurt anyone. You don't know. See, there's a difference between having the truth and loving the truth. We'll close with this. Spurgeon said, Worldly amusements are fit food for mere pretenders and hypocrites. If you were God's children, you would loathe the very thought of the world's evil joys. Your question would not be, How far may we be like the world? But we should say, How far can we get away from the world? We're so glad you tuned in today to Pastor Mark's teaching here on Come Alive. Pastor Mark has been walking us through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, unlocking the blessings, truth, and love found within its verses. We know that reading God's Word can be difficult to squeeze into your schedule sometimes, so having something to listen to instead can help. With that in mind, we'd like to let you know about our Come Alive podcast. We've made Pastor Mark's messages available to you for free so that you can take them with you on the go making hearing the Word so much more convenient. Search for Come Alive on iTunes or on Google Play and subscribe to have a notification sent to you as soon as we post new additions. Thanks again for tuning in today to Come Alive. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry and the church behind it, please visit us online at comealiveradio.com. 
If you're living in or near Katy, Texas, we'd also like to invite you to come see us in person at Calvary Chapel Katy. We're a laid-back group of Jesus followers, and we love inviting new people to come join us in seeking the Father and praising His name. Find service times and directions to our church when you visit our website, comealiveradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you continue to find Jesus through His Word and in everything you do. Join us next time for another in-depth look at the Bible, right here on Come Alive.